Another week of high school football, another episode of your WCPO High School Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Dyer. A little bit later on, we're going to have some uh, talk with uh, Dave Burke, longtime high school football analyst, uh, footballinohio.com founder. He's going to talk everything high school football in Southwest Ohio. Also going to hear from McNicholas coach Mike Orlando about the Rockets' 4-0 start this week and uh, a big game against Roger Bacon on Friday night there at Penn Station Stadium. This WCPO High School Insider podcast is brought to you by your local Greater Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky Chick-fil-A restaurants. Chick-fil-A has delicious breakfast options for you, including the chicken minis, egg white grill, or the classic freshly baked Chick-fil-A biscuit. Order in the Chick-fil-A app to earn points today. Well, this podcast is every week, so make sure you subscribe to WCPO High School Insider using your favorite podcast app. Be sure to follow all our coverage on WCPO 9 Sports and WCPO.com. Friday night, I'll be at Nippert Stadium for the big GCL South showdown between undefeated Moeller and undefeated St. Xavier. The Crusaders are 4-0 for the first time since the 2014 season. And uh, certainly St. X is going to be favored in this game, ranked number 13 nationally by Max Preps. But the Crusaders will certainly love to spoil the undefeated season so far for St. X. Should be a special one, a home game there for Moeller at Nippert Stadium. It should be definitely one to watch on Friday night. But first up, a conversation with McNicholas coach Mike Orlando. The Rockets are 4-0 for the second straight season. They defeated Highlands 27-21 this past week, and they have a big matchup against Roger Bacon on Friday night. Mike, obviously uh, 4-0 for second straight season there at McNicholas, and um, a big 27-21 victory over Highlands last week, and uh, McNicholas plays host to Roger Bacon on Friday night. Uh, coach, just tell me what you like most about the way your team is playing right now. Uh, the, the trust that they have in one another, um, you know, since I've been here, um, you know, it's 11th years right now. Um, you know, we, we, we put a, uh, you know, put a lot of emphasis on playing hard and playing tough and, you know, just because we have to, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't get the, the blue chip athlete all the time and, um, we have to be really consistent and, you know, trust in one another. So, um, just really proud of the guys, how they, particularly how they played on, on Friday night. Cause it was, uh, it was a tough game and they're, they're, they were really, really good, and um, it came down to you know, a handful of plays, and you know, we were able to make you know maybe one more than they did, and um, and, and get the win. But um, we have a senior bunch that's been playing and playing a while and playing a lot, and um, you know, so that that stuff pays off after a while. You know, you you take your lumps as 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 sophomores and sometimes as juniors, and you know, they got to figure it out. They've seen it. They've seen a lot anyway. Um, I don't, I'm not saying they've seen it all, but they've seen a lot, and. Um, they just don't get too rattled and um, they, they pr- stay pretty steady. And um, we needed that the other night because there was, there were some times where it, it looked like, well, this might not go the way we want it to go, but uh, we, we hung in there and, uh, and played well uh, for 48 minutes. I asked you about this before we started recording this, but uh, obviously Highlands, everybody knows about the reputation and uh, how did you schedule this game? How did this game kind of come about? Well, um, you know, RAD Drew Schmidt came to me and said, hey, you know, he wanted to, you know, uh, beef up the, the schedule is maybe not the, not the right word, but, you know, you know, play some teams and, you know, we want to get to that next level. And, you know, we play in a really, really good conference in the league and in, in, in the GCL co-ed and, you know, but, you know, only having five teams or six teams in five games, um, you know, there, there's some, there's some room there to play some teams. So um, I was a little reluctant to be quite honest. Um, you know, I don't know. I didn't know if we were, you know, ready for that, but, I don't know if you're ever ready, right? You just got to kind of go and, and, and jump in with both feet. And uh, I, I appreciate him uh, getting me out of my comfort zone there and 
and playing some, not that, not that we haven't played good teams before. Cause we have, I mean, that's, you know, if, you know, Highlands is a really good team, but we've played good teams before too, but um, to really have that you know, change of mindset and just to let everybody know, and you know, inside the, inside the walls there that, you know, we're, we're, we're willing to play in big games and we want to play in big games. And, and quite frankly, our kids want to play in, in big games. And um, the atmosphere was, you know, absolutely electric there on Friday night. And uh, student section was fantastic. Uh, the fan base, it was just a really, really good, you know, obviously for us as, as the team, but as, as community, it was, it was really good. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad we did it, um, obviously, but I, even if it didn't turn out the way it did and you know, I would still be glad that we did it, it was, it, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. That's great. Well, I know your focus has to turn to Roger Bacon here in a little bit, but uh, just going back on, on Friday night, uh, Pierce Taylor, 12 of 15, 137 yards passing and touchdown also rushed for a touchdown. How well did he play uh, as your quarterback? Uh, first half wise is probably as bad, uh, you know, as good as any quarterback has ever played that I've coached. Um, his first half was, was, was really, really good. Um, as far as, you know, and a lot of, a lot of it, you know, fans don't see, they just see him getting the ball and throwing it at a certain plot, but putting us in certain situations, getting us in and out of, uh, plays, um, throwing the ball on time, um, taking what the defense is, is given to us. Um, he was just really, really good in that first half. Um, you know, second half, he, he wasn't too bad either. He, he made some made some errors in the second half that, you know, we need to get cleaned up. But, you know, there's no perfect game. Uh, he understands that. But the progression in, in the, the transformation that he is making, um, you know, he you know, to be quite honest, he's probably just a, a really good athlete you know, that happens to be in the quarterback position. You know, and, and that's not a knock on him. Um, that's just who he is. And but the work that he has put in um, to get himself to be a true quarterback is uh has been phenomenal. Uh, he's uh, he just built that way. You know, he's a uh, he's a, a a state state championship qualify uh, qual you know, quality type wrestler. Um, he takes that mentality in everything he does, and uh, you know he he worked uh, he, he's worked really really hard to get, to be good, and you know, it's starting to pay off. So yeah, he he was fantastic on Friday, along with some other guys out there too. Who else? Uh, I know you had a lot of receivers with some impact here defensively. Uh, I think three guys with 10 tackles apiece. Uh, yeah. Who are you most yeah. impressed with? But, you, know, you know what? Co- collectively, our, our up front, our defensive line, I mean, they were they were running the ball on us pretty good. And, um, you know, Coach Jason Fair and Coach Jeff Malvey and our D-line coaches um, had a rotation going. I mean, we – you know, we're in a situation where, you know, just like a lot of teams at this time in the year, we're dealing with some injuries and it just so happens to be all, all the guys up front, you know, offense and defensive line. And so we had to do, had, had to have some sort of rotation to go in just to keep guys fresh. And um, we stuck to it. And um, so I was really proud of them. You know, obviously Will uh, Royce with the big interception there from the defensive line position that kind of changed the, changed the game there. Um, so um, Highland's, they, their screen game is, is really good. And you can tell that they work a lot on it. And um, so we had to work a lot on it and to get an interception from a D line in, in, in that situation was, was, was great. I mean, it was great regardless, but it was great. Sure. It, you know, shows our kids that, yeah, you know, if you practice the right things and work at it, uh, uh, the good things will happen. So um, you know, impressed with that. Um, you know, senior Jack Suttle, the middle linebacker, he's a, he's a four-year starter and, you know, he just, he's, he's the quarterback on the other side. Right. And um, he gets guys where they need to be and, you know, just, uh, you know, really proud of his uh, maturation process. And, you know, he's just a, you know, I, I steady Eddie, man. He nothing, nothing really gets him too high or too low. And um, but he, he's definitely a guy to lean on. And he played well on Friday night as well. What's been the I realize it's only week five, a lot, a lot of uh, weeks to go in the regular season, let alone the playoffs. But um, what's kind of been the vibe around school? Just uh, 
this program it's, and uh, just anticipation. Yeah, it's uh, it's different. I, I don't know. There, it's just it's you know you talk about that it there's there's something different about this year, and you know that's not an indictment on any years prior to us, but there is just something different about this school year. Um, you know, just looking at something like you know, like our student section. You know, our student section has has been really really good historically, and you know they've been into it, but you know to look up there and you know. You know, this week was easy. I want to stick around to the end for this one, right? But you know, last week was a little lopsided win, and you look up there, and the stands were as packed, you know, in the first quarter, in the fourth quarter, and so, um, so it's there's just something about it. I think there's, um, you know, just a, a collective um, appreciation for the opportunities that uh, McNicholas has, has offered our kids, right? I think that they understand that. I think that they, uh, you know, they're going all in and. Uh, it, it's nice to have the community behind us. I know that, uh, you know, the support from the, uh, the athletic uh, department and administration has been phenomenal. And, you know, you know, you know, it's not like we're, a, you know, it's not, we're not a football school or, or per se, right. It's not that it's, it's just like, Hey, our kids are doing something special. So we're going to get behind them just as we do as, you know, in, if there's a theater production or if there's uh you know, some academic team, it's, you know, um, we, we do community, we do family really, really well at McNick. And, uh, it's, it's just, you know, it's just a little bit more evident. And it's, you know, it's great when you, when you're winning too, and that helps. Right. And so, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's something that uh, I, I, I totally appreciate and the kids appreciate. They love the sport. They love walking out there and seeing the, the, the stands you know, full and, um, in the sport that we've getting a long way. So, um, and, you know, we're, we're going to keep it going. We're trying to, we're trying to stay, you know, day to day and the old cliches, one game at a time and all that stuff. But, um, cause I mean, you just have to, I mean, you know, we're getting into the, the meat and potatoes of our, of our schedule, right. Getting into, uh, you know, league play here shortly. And, you know, if you, if you're not on, then, uh, it's going to be a long night. So, uh, we're, we're going to keep our, ourselves focused and then we're squarely, uh, you know, uh, you know, focused on Roger Bacon. You mentioned Roger Bacon, a familiar opponent to you, albeit they're in a different conference now, the Miami Valley conference. Sure. Uh, but, uh, what do you expect, uh, on Friday night, I know uh, Baden defeated them over the weekend, but uh, still Spartans uh, returned plenty yeah, of time from last year. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, they, they've had a, a really, really good run here, you know, last several years. And, you know, it's, you know, people might think, well, uh, you know, Corey Kiner graduates. So, that we're, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, <laughs> the, the cupboard is not bare. I mean, you know, winning, you know, many games that they've won over the last three or four seasons is, you know, it's, you know, you can tell that they're, they're kind of used to it. And like, this is what they expect now. Um, you know, that, that, that score against Baden um, is a little misleading. Um, it, you know, yes, they won and Baden is, is Baden is really good too. And, um, but uh, it wasn't like, well, it was like, you know, 30, nothing. And they came and scored a couple of times at the end of the game or something like that. Now they had, they had their chances. Um, when I look at them, I look at a team that, um, has, has really good size. Um, they're, they're, they're a sturdy bunch, but they, they, they can run. I mean, they just, they, they're, they're a team that uh, is sideline to sideline for sure and plays well in space. And, you know, I, I was hoping to flip on the tape and see, uh, well, you know, maybe, maybe it won't be as tough this week, but uh, unfortunately that is not the case. It's going to be, it's going to take everything, you know, that we did on Friday night in order to get a win. Uh, it's just in, that's probably going to be the case from here on out. And that's okay. You know, that's what, that's why, you know, getting back to the you know first part of this conversation, you, you want to play in games like this because, you know, that's what it takes, right? It's, it's, uh, it's just, it is what it is there. So uh, we're, we're going to embrace that and we're going to, we'll show up and hopefully have a, a really good week of practice and, um, 
you know, be ready to go on Friday night. How many seniors do you have, Coach? We have uh, 21, 21 seniors. Yeah, so. Kind of talked uh, about the school community a little bit, but just what about them? I mean, just you mentioned taking their lumps maybe in earlier years. But yeah, it, it was, yeah, they, um, you know, I was talking to them this weekend and, you know, they haven't beat Roger Bacon, right? They, you know, you know, they've, uh, you know, they were eighth graders last time that we, that we beat them. So, um, you know, just it's, it starts. And that's kind of the cool thing about coaching, you know, for, for a while, like you, you just, well, yeah, we had a, we had a run there where we were, you know, we, we beat Roger Bacon, you know, six times and beat Baden six times and, and that sort of thing. But then like, it's like, well, this, this group now, they, they haven't, you know, they haven't been a part of that. So it's, it's all new. And um, I'm just, I appreciate that these guys sticking together. So it's, you know, they had, we had a good run last year. Right. Um, and then, but the prior two years, we had three wins, right. Or four wins. Um, so, um, it's not like they, they, they have a, a abundance of wins that they're used to. Um, so they're, they're still hungry. They're still wanting to kind of stamp their legacy on this. Um, they understand the the history here at McNick that, uh, you know, we, we play a pretty good, pretty good brand of football and, um, you know, a proud alumni base and, and uh, they just want to be a part of that. They want to, you know, as, as I said, they want to kind of put their legacy on, on things. So um, I'm, uh, I'm so pleased with their commitment. Um, you know, we talk about a lot, we, you know, we'll go as the seniors go and it, it, that's just the way it is. I don't know why it is, but you look at every year, if you, if you have a, a, a pretty good senior class, you're probably going to have a pretty good team, right? If you, if your senior class isn't, is not, and I'm, I'm not even talking about uh, skill wise or, or, or athletically, I'm just talking about, you know, overall like approach and mindset and um, leadership and all that. If, if you have a good bunch that way, then it's probably going to be a, a pretty good season. If you don't, then it's, it's going to be a struggle. Um, and, and, and thankfully we have a, a group of guys that um, they get it um, and they, they appreciate it. Um, they don't, they don't really care who, who gets the credit, um, you know, and they just, they're having a bunch of fun. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is uh that's one of the the big things about it. Like let's let's just go have some fun and we're having fun with it. So uh, hopefully we can keep it cool. Maybe just a final thought. Uh, you just mentioned, you know, a few lean years here and there, but obviously, you know, a nice run here in the past two seasons, uh, your 11th year as head coach there at McNicholas, what's been the most rewarding part of uh, that experience for you? Not only just, you know, X's and O's, but just being yeah. within the school community. We had a, um, so we, we honored the 2010 team. I was an assistant coach on the 2010 squad that made it to the final four. So we honored them on, uh, on Friday night and, um, you know, just getting to see those guys and, um, you know, having a few minutes with them and talking about them and, um, you know, talking about, you know, their family, they're, they're married and they have kids and, um, you know, to, to, you know, see them come back and you know, appreciate the time that they spent here and, um, you know, and still want to talk to the old, the old coach, you know I mean? That's, that's all, all, always nice. And um, so, yeah, it, it's, you know, it, it's funny as, as coaches and, you know, as high school coaches, like they're just getting started and, and they, they, they leave us. Right. So like, it's, you know, it's, it's great. It's rewarding. I love coaching. Um, but like, we haven't really even seen them, you know, what they're going to do. So we, we hope to give them a, you know, a really good foundation and, and hope to use this, uh, you know, use high school football as a platform to, you know, kind of help them in, in their, in their everyday life. And, you know, you know, our, our hope, our hope is for them to be, um, you know, really good husbands and, and fathers and um, in, in, in that direction of things. So that's, what's rewarding to me. Um, I want to win really, really bad. Like I, I, I want to, um, but I also, you know, keep everything in perspective too. Um, and, 
you know, if, if, if we can do both, you know, I, I said, when I took this job, I want to, I want to win, but I want to win, win the right way. And, and what that means for me is to, you know, to understand the big picture of things and, and be transformational, not transactional. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, like if you have a bunch of wins in high school as a coach or player, and that's like, that's what you're, you're hanging your hat on. Like, uh, that's just, um, it's a little shallow for me. Right. So yes, I want to win. I think it's important. Right. Um, cause I think again, it's a, it's a foundation for, for bigger things in life, but, um, you know, you know, I want to keep it, um, keeping things in perspective and do it the right way. And I, I we have done that. Um, and I'm, I'm proud of that. Um, and I'm, I'm proud that we're kind of, you know, it looks like we're, we might be in a, in a position to kind of, to, to turn the corner a little bit and, you know, and do, you know, and do what we, um, we sought out to, you know, 11 years ago. You know, I was reading something a little earlier about, uh, about John Wooden and, you know, and by no means am I comparing myself to John Wooden, uh, but, you know, it took him, you know, you know, 12 years or so to, to win his first, first national title. Um, so I'm, I'm not real, I'm not real good at patience, right? I, I don't, I don't, my patients aren't, aren't, I need to work on that. Um, but, you know, if I, if you ask me, Hey, are you where you want to be after 11 years? The answer is probably no, it's not, it's not where I want to be um, as far as the X and you know, X and O's and wins and losses. But um, you know, again, I have to take my own advice and keep things in perspective and uh, understand that it's a, it's a process and just, just like tremendously thankful and grateful for, for the opportunity that I have to, to be here at McNick and, you know, have, have I have a son in, in the school now. And so it's, you know, my, my, my worlds are colliding a bit that way, but it's, uh, it's, it's really good. And, um, yeah, just, just, just super thankful for being here. True meaning of a high school sports coach there to have a greater outlook on, uh, something beyond the field or beyond the court. Yeah, absolutely. True there with the Nicholas Rockets. Coach Mike Orlando, really appreciate your time. Thanks for the conversation. Good luck to you on Friday night. Well, I've known coach Orlando for a number of years and, uh, always found him to be very genuine with everything uh, related to coaching high school football. And as you could tell there, he cares so much more about his student athletes beyond the field. And uh, he talked about the significance of coaching within that McNicholas high school community. So the Rockets, again, have a lot of good things going for them, face a familiar opponent on Friday night, and we'll see how that turns out. And just a quick reminder, this WCPO High School Insider podcast is brought to you by your Greater Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky Chick-fil-A restaurants. Chick-fil-A has delicious breakfast options for you, including the chicken minis, egg white grill, or the classic freshly baked Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit. Order in the Chick-fil-A app today to earn points. Next up, a conversation with Dave Burke, footballinohio.com founder. Dave's a longtime uh, football analyst here in Southwest Ohio, has a great pulse on uh, the Dayton and Cincinnati areas. And uh, I I picked his brain a little bit uh, recently about what he's seen from the area high school football scene and also college football recruiting, the ever uh, revolving and ever changing landscape that is college football. I'd say the first thing I've noticed is the fact that uh, St. Xavier is a machine. They they are truly loaded uh, at, at multiple positions, a lot of talent, uh, and you can start, you know, everyone. I think everyone wants to look at the fancy stuff. We always talk about quarterbacks and offense. But I think with St. X, you have to look at that defense. I had a chance to go watch them play against Colerain, and that stuck out the most was their defense, how quick they were. And if they can stay healthy the rest of the season, I I would not be surprised to see them in the state final uh, when the season comes to an end. And I would not be surprised they win back-to-back titles because I think they're that talented on both sides of the field but especially on defense. And I, I think when you look at some of the players, I think that everything starts with Grant Lyons. I really like what he brings to the table. 
And I had to project him as a, a guy who moves up from a, a backer spot, maybe to a, an edge spot a, a year ago. Um, but he's done a lot of work on his body, on his physical ability. And now I see him as a guy who's even more dangerous where you can actually let him play linebacker or bring him up on that edge. Cause he's very, he's, he's gotten even quicker. Uh, he brings great strength. What I like about him is he's very explosive, but defense. I saw Nicole rain was very dominating. And then you add in the things you have broken Mackay, you have the offensive line with the Cameron Collins, Brian Parker, and then Max Keller, not Max Keller, but Max Claire. Um, you know, you're talking about one of the top teams probably I've seen. They're projected to be one of the top teams I've seen in all the years I've done this. So you go back to when I started full-time covering Ohio high school football, especially in this southwest southwest Ohio region. I go back to the 2004 Colerain team, and I have a feeling that we may have to look at them in that same breath if they can continue doing what they're doing, especially defensively. Certainly some high praise when you talk about the 2004 Colerain team in any sense or any uh, yeah. sentence. Oh, I agree. I mean, you know, we've been blessed to be in Southwest Ohio. Uh, I, you know, the type of teams we've seen, you know, like I said, you go back, I started doing it in 2002 as far as covering, but I was watching as far as back as 97. And you look at the teams that have come through, you had the back-to-back with Elders and the Molders and St. X uh, and the Colerain team. Uh, and, and it, you know, everyone focuses on that 2004 Colerain team, but they they were, you know, Kerry Combs had that program really going. And that team was special. Um, and it was a unique team because, as we know now, you know, Dominic Goodman being a quarterback, his college career was that wide receiver. And so, you know, Terrell Bird was very under-recruited because of his height. But he goes to college and dominates at the University of Cincinnati. So, you know, I, I see a lot of uh, similarities in the way they play the game as far as especially defense. And everyone knows when it comes to defensive football, Steve Speck always has his team. And I think the addition of Coach um, Clever, Cover, Coverdale, the offensive coordinator, was huge uh, here a couple years ago. I, I think he brings a whole new dynamic to the program and gives them a, a different uh, – a different look than maybe what we've seen out of St. X without him. I think you kind of heard maybe not publicly, but uh, the sense that I got in the preseason, you know, national rankings came out, St. X is ranked. And then you heard about the number of starters on both sides of the ball. And I think that was kind of like, you know, you, you saw that season opener where obviously Lakota West was right there in the game in the first half, but um, St. X so much experience. And as you mentioned, um, getting it done on both sides of the ball. And so um, certainly going to be, uh, a team that watch as we kind of head toward the postseason. Yeah, I, I think when we look at Division One at Southwest Ohio, the three teams you have to watch are St. Xavier, Lakota West, and Springfield. And those are the three teams we were talking about at towards the end of last season in the playoffs. Um, you know, Tom Bolden, we always know he's, his team is going to have talent and they're going to, you know, uh, bring high intensity to the field. Mo Douglas up in Springfield has a lot of talent as well. Uh, was smooth at quarterback. Um, they have you know a young wide receiver just committed to Minnesota. Um, so I mean they, they all these those three teams right now look to be especially in Division One. From what I've seen so far, the three teams to watch. But right now I, I have Saint Xavier just you know 
above and beyond what I see out of the other ones. You mentioned recruiting there for a second. I just want to touch on that a little bit. Had a conversation with Mark Porter a couple of weeks ago and um, mentioned, you know, the impact of the transfer portal and and just uh, the sixth year uh, of eligibility for some of these seniors in college. But uh, how do you make sense of kind of the college recruiting scene now with the impact of COVID-19 and, and just the way things stand with the NCAA? It makes no sense because now you have, you know, the transfer portal is plays a role in a college coaches or college staffs recruiting strategy. Uh, do I go out and just recruit high school guys? Do I go out and wait at certain positions because I feel my need, especially, you know, you take a skill position, a receiver, quarterback, running back. And I think, you know, one of the things we're going to see from COVID and all the restrictions that were put in place during the shutdowns where coaches weren't allowed to go out on a high school field. It was great to see Friday night. Kevin Wilson was up at Hugh Wright's way in the game. I was at Ryan day was in Cincinnati, you know, Ohio state was out and about coaches that could, could were out there in the, in the field. Well, it's, it's, you know, we got to go back to 2000, the fall of 2009 or 2019, as far as last time coaches were out and at the division one level. So it was good to see that. But I mean, right now, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of for this class, the 2022 class plays out, because if the NCAA is smart, they're going to come up with some way to allow schools to maybe oversign, go from the restriction of being able to sign a max 25, add some more numbers to that, let them sign, you know, based on where they're at with what we call the super seniors now, as far as the college level guys who are coming back for a six and sometimes even seventh year uh, because they were given the extra year from the COVID. Um, it, it's going to be an interesting to see. It, it, it's, I still think it's a mess. Um, the elite are all going, always going to get recruited. Uh, but those guys who, you know, over the last couple of years, a, a guy like what would have happened if this process were going on right now with a kid like a Matthew Reedy who signs with Boston College late, maybe he doesn't get that look. Maybe Boston College is not in a position to recruit him as late as they did. Um, and, and maybe they choose to go and get another kid out of college because I guess you're going to see a lot of kids jumping ship from a lot of schools, I feel, because, you know, I talked to several college coaches over the last, you know, 12, 15 months, and they're like, you know, we've, we've signed kids. They showed up on campus. It's the first time they've been on our campus. It's the first time they dealt with us in person. First time we looked them in the eye, they looked us in the eye. We shook hands or, or whatever. We're learning about each other, and you're going to have kids go somewhere and all of a sudden go, I made a mistake, and I, I can't, you know, be here. In the past, they'd have to kind of tough it out. And, and stick around and, and, you know, man, I don't really want to go sit another year and so forth. But now the NCAA has made it so easy. They can pack their bags and leave. And, you know, I, I told someone the other day, don't be surprised. You know, we just finished week one of the college football season. Don't be surprised by week three, week four of the college football season. Kids start announcing they're going in the transfer portal. And because they're going to get that early jump because there's still a bunch of kids sitting in the transfer portal from the last 12 months who are out of the game now. And that's the biggest fear. I think it's going to become too easy. Mentioned COVID. Uh, we're all tired about tired of, about talking about it, the fatigue, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, you know, we mentioned some of the top three teams that you've seen uh, this year in the area. But kind of take me inside from a football perspective, uh, you know, maybe inside a locker room or inside a, you know, a coach's office or, or 
you know, what's it like for a typical high school football team as you kind of navigate this? And we saw, I saw new Richmond had to find a new opponent for a third consecutive week. Um, you know, some teams have been hit harder, obviously than others. Um, but you know, what's, what's this uh, whole navigation been like, do you think for a high school program? Man, this year, you know, seeing games canceled, not because of positive test, but because maybe a couple kids on the team were in a class with a kid who tested positive, they're fine. They never test positive, but they have to quarantine. And that creates where games have been canceled. I, I think that's sad. As if not want to be a high school head coach right now, I think we've both seen the fact that all of a sudden, uh, here we are, we're recording this on a Thursday, and we've seen coaches get word that, hey, uh, I can't play tomorrow. I don't have enough guys uh, because of uh, quarantine. And coaches working the phone, trying to find somebody else whose game was canceled and see if they can come together. And it's created some neat matchups. Miamisburg, you know, hosted Kettering Alder. Um, we saw Mulder come up and play Chaminade Julian. And, you know, maybe a lot of people don't realize why, why that was a little unique. Well, we think of Moeller, Jerry Faust. Jerry Faust is a Chaminade Julian guy. So, I mean, it allows, you know, lots of unique matchups. But at the same time, I mean, it, it, it's it's hard because uh, I think like Mo Douglas and Springfield, all of a sudden they had to go play in Lima because they, they lost their game. So, I mean, <clears throat> the OHSAA, um, you know, I, I think we're coming to a point where it's just going to be everybody's going to be in the playoffs, no matter if we have COVID or not. I, I think financially for them, it's probably smart because that's where they make their money. And, you know, we've, we've learned that we can give teams buys and bring in more teams. And, you know, is it good, bad, and different? I don't know. I mean, it, it's, I think kids getting the opportunity. Uh, I went to a Thursday night game up here in the Dayton area at Stebbins. Last season was the first time that Stebbins had a chance. They, they won their division in their conference and they made the playoffs. Well, they hadn't won a division or a league since like the early 70s. And it, tr- it, it that triggers more interest in the program, not just from the outside, but from the inside. Other kids in the school said, hey, hey, okay, we were, we were like 0-10 a couple of years ago. Now all of a sudden we won our league. What, what happened? And you, you start learning that kids starting to believe. And that's all part of that maturing process. And what is great about the game of football is it teaches a lot of life lessons, in my opinion. And, you know, when you have kids who – watch failure you know we, we if we talk about wins and losses and all of a sudden they see a program that went from losses to wins they, they want to be part of that and I, you know that's that's why you see the number of kids on rosters at, at saint xavier and you know elder and places like that you know they know that hey i may not be the guy starting but i want to be part of that culture i want to be part of that development and they'll take a lot of the stuff they learn with them for the rest of their life so do you think the debate about, you know, 12 teams per region versus 16, I know that was, a lot was made of that from the Coaches Association, you know, which I say this past spring, but ultimately 16 won out. Um, but do you think that could be a thing of the past where, like you said, maybe it's a 2020 situation where everybody gets in? Yeah, I mean, who knows? It, it's going to be, it's, you know, football because of the way the game is and so forth, and, and we start looking at weather. We've covered OHSA championship weekends, and sometimes we get lucky and we get, you know, some 50 degree weather, but we've also been there, you know, several years ago when 
Glenville and uh, Loveland played and it's snowing and cold. And, you know, that whole weekend was cold. Um, and so you start wondering about, okay, are we going too far into the season? How far do we have to extend? And then you're going to have basketball coaches, you know, that schools that are successful in football going, Hey, I don't have my guys. I expect to have them at this time. So if they can figure out a way to do it to where it doesn't extend the season too much further. Um, and again, how many games do you want high school kids to have to play? You know, is a 15 week season too much? Uh, you know, there's people say that it is, um, but then, then some say, well, you know, they can play 17. Well, then you start talking about, you know, you're going to have kids in high school playing more games than what college guys are playing. Um, so, I mean, you know, it, it's, you've got to find that happy medium. Someone's never, you know, no one's ever going to be happy. It, it's going to, you're going to have your, your group that's going to say, Hey, it should go back to the way it was. And, you know, I remember the days of, you know, basically the four where the top four got in. I remember, I think it was in the 99 season where they expanded to eight and, you know, now, expanding because of COVID um, probably was the right thing to do uh, because, you know, we didn't know what teams were going to have a game week to week. Uh, but at some point in time, you think, you know, normalcy, where was it staying? It's hard to say. Um, but I, I mean, they do it in basketball, but you know, basketball's indoors. It already has a long season. You can play multiple games in a week. So a lot of different things, you know, compared to football is a little bit different, but you know, the, um, Whatever it is, you and I both know we'll be at games. Definitely. We're going to talk about your new website here in a second, footballinohio.com. But uh, I want to ask you, um, we mentioned three Division One teams. Any other uh, teams or players that are on your radar, maybe the Divisions 2 through 7? I know we could talk for hours about all those, but anybody sure. uh, in particular in Cincinnati area that you've been impressed with? Well, I mean, I, th I think the big question everyone had coming in is what was going to happen to Roger Bacon? Corey Kiner heads off to LSU. We've learned that uh, there's more to Roger Baker than just Corey Kiner. Yeah, he put up big numbers, but they're 3-0. and um, I think they're doing it defense. You know, they, they may not have that explosive guy like Corey Kiner was, but they're still doing it and they're still winning. And, uh, you know, that, that's you want to see that. And you, you look at it, I made some notes, and I want to cheat here. But, uh, ba you know, Baden's always really good. But McNick, 3-0, and both those teams 3-0 and right now. Uh, I really like Braden Moore, the wide receiver at Baden. Uh, he's an interesting prospect, and we saw him last year and uh, against Alder and really liked what he did. Um, I think you, when you look at uh, – we already talked about the Stebbins. Uh, why don't – you know, you, you get into Redding's 3-0. If you would have told me Redding would be 3-0 after I saw them play Indian Hill last year, I'd be shocked because it was not a very good, you know, what they were – product that they were putting on the field. But Redding and Madeira and Maramont – but then you got Wyoming, and I think everybody's looking at you know CJ Hester, and he's putting up big numbers. And I think he's he's a kid that people are going to watch. Um, you know, it, it's it's really you know I want to get the Western Brown, the Novak kid, the the quarterback. I mean, he put up huge numbers so far in his career, and he's only a junior, and he's got a big frame. Kind of reminds me of a Tony Pike back when Tony was at Reading. And um, he's in an offense that's going to throw the ball around. So, I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of different things to watch. But, I mean, it was – the notes I made, I think some of the players, you know, the ECC, Kings and Turpin, um, you know, interesting to see how that's going to play out. Um, the job is going – Andre Parker is doing at Princeton. Um, so, that they've got a big matchup. You know, where, where are they going to be in the GMC? Because 
we're going to find out what Princeton has uh, this weekend because they've got Lakota West, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, talk about players, and this is back to D1. Lakota East, could they be a spoiler? TJ Kathman, the, the quarterback, I really like what he does. He, he's a multi-purpose guy, but, you know, in their offense, uh, they're very methodical in what they do there. Uh, so, I mean, but can they be a spoiler? Because no one's going to pick Lakota East to be, you know, the champion of the GMC. So, but but can they play spoiler and maybe change the way the playoff picture folds out? Um I'm sitting there looking at my notes up here in the Dayton area, Miamisburg, 3-0. Northmont and Springfield have each had games canceled. They're both 2-0. Northmont lost a lot. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things going on, uh, especially in that Southwest Ohio area. But, I mean, I I think it's still, when we get down to it, you and I both know, at the end, we're going to be talking about the Wyomings. We're going to be talking about St. Xavier. And we're probably going to be talking about the Clinton Masseys. And then, you know, Roger Bacon's and so forth when it's all said and done. Sure. Wyoming well, coach Aaron Hancock uh, nearing 100 career victories here, too. Just unbelievable success, especially in the regular season there for the Cowboys. Um, taking over for Bernie Berry a number of years ago. That tradition continues. But, Dave, talk about football on Ohio.com, uh, how people can join and uh, what you're doing there with the, your new website. Yeah, for the last – since 2018, we launched our – originally launched what we called First Star Football Report – and we were looking at how can we get more people uh, involved in communicating and sharing their experiences about the game we love, football. We love covering football, uh, especially Ohio football. And with First Star Football Report, we were more focused on Southwest Ohio. And I wanted to expand that back to the whole state. because so the whole state has great football, not just Southwest Ohio. There's a lot of great, great teams, great players all over. Um, and I've you know reached out to some people like John McAllister and Scott Reed and uh, people from across the Scots and Columbus now and, and John goes still goes all over the state and, and we're kind of working together and still only a couple of weeks up and running but it's more of a community as compared to a website uh, where it's just content where we're trying to build it where we want people coming and share their experiences about the game we had about maybe the team that they love the kids that they like watching the games they go to um, you know what what did they see and we want we encourage them and it's free to join. Um, so, I mean, it, it doesn't cost you anything to sign up and be part of it. And you get, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a Twitter, uh, or a Facebook, but there's no ads, uh, and there's no algorithm. So you're not going to lose, you know, basically you can follow people, you can send people messages, you can do a lot of unique things in it. Um, but without all the clutter. And, and that's one of the things that I think a lot of us, you know, look at, we have things on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and we don't always see what we want to see. We, we have to go searching for it. And we, we, we think we found a platform. Um, and the other neat thing about it is it has an app. Uh, the company that we're using called Mighty Networks is uh, really good at this. And they have a where we the site actually goes into an app itself, both for Android and iOS. And it, it's clean. And it, it's very user-friendly. Uh, I'm still learning to use it. That's that's how new it is. But I mean, it, it, it's it's a, a way where we can share stories. I'll still write articles about games or you know players and so forth. We will add uh, a a premium section or a VIP section, if you want to call it, which will be just for those members, and we'll have some unique content in that as well. But 
the majority of the site is free to use. Uh, like I said, everyone gets a profile. Everyone can click on certain people they want to follow. Uh, so if you see members, it'll show you members who are close to you. So if you're in Cincinnati and there's, you know, 15 other people in Cincinnati, it'll come up and show you those other 15 people are, and maybe you share something in common. And uh, so, and we've also got some other things we're doing where um, people can't see because it's, they're what we call secret groups. And we, we've allowed, you know, coaches and players to kind of come together because I, I really feel that, you know, we all use Twitter. We're used to Twitter. It's been around forever, but there's just a lot of craziness that goes on. And we're trying to make it to where players, prospects, coaches can communicate and not have all that clutter. And so that that's the goal is to provide a, a good place for people who are fans of football in this state to go and talk about the game. Um, so it has a lot of different features and you know, I appreciate you bringing it up. And uh, again, First Star Logistics has been great helping us with our sponsorship on that and uh, getting it launched. And uh, we have a YouTube channel, uh, Football in Ohio as well. And uh, we're going to be adding more and more as we go. Um, so kind of took a break from the site for several months when we had the First Star Football Report stuff and been working on this behind the scenes, um, you know, in the spring, summer. And, and based, like I said, we just launched this about two weeks ago. So right right about the week of week one of the high school season. So, but uh, I hope people give it a check out. Like I said, it's free to join. Sounds like a fantastic idea. A simple premise on the surface of it, but very smart just because, like you said, you want to get through that clutter. You don't want, there's so much stuff. And how do you know you can trust a lot of the content that's being you know, fed to you or said, I mean, you know, as well as I do, Dave, I mean, getting good information that's solid, that's reputable, and that's gold in our industry. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, one of the things that I was having problems with was our platforms that we were using for first star football report, WordPress and so forth. You people don't realize how much behind the scene work you have to do updates to all the, you know, the different plugins and things you have to do, but also, a lot of hacking, a lot of people trying to hack into the site and get, you know, uh, into the site. And we were trying to find a way to try to fight that. And it just, you know, we tried something like this. Um, but I think I found more of the company that has things more in place to where it allows me to kind of more concentrate on what I want to do, which is provide content, go out and watch kids play, write about how they are as players, interview them. Uh, you know, nothing, like I said, we, we try to go, as you know, I try to go to games. I, I, the last year was crazy because you, you felt guilty in some ways because no one knew what was going to happen. And you didn't want to be the person that all of a sudden you went to the grocery store on Tuesday, you went and covered a high school game on Friday and Sunday morning, you wake up not feeling well and you went and tested positive for COVID. And you feel guilty. You you would feel guilty if you had to call that school that you covered on Friday night and interviewed three kids and say, "Hey, I you know I was at your game Friday." The the, the contact tracing and so forth um, made it hard. And and I stayed away from the playoffs. I, I didn't want to be you know in the way, and uh, that was hard. Luckily, uh, uh, you know, technology has uh, allowed to where um, I was able to watch. You know, I've got a forty three inch monitor and a thirty two inch monitor and. I can I can play four games on my 43 and a couple games on my my 32 and could keep track of everything going on and that was uh, kind of the saving grace of it all. So, but uh, at the same time, there's nothing like going out watching a kid perform 
And as you know, uh, over the years, when we have we've had conversations, you know, either uh, doing a podcast or just on the sideline or whatever, talking about those kids that people don't think of as being top prospects, because right now you got, you know, there, there's that list of names and I've always given you names and said, Hey, here's, here, here's the kid. And usually, you know, knock on wood, uh, you know, several weeks later, you, you'll message me and say, Hey, I think you were right about this kid, uh, be it a, a Marshall Lang or a Matthew Reeves and, and, and so forth, Chase Wolfs and all those guys. And, you know, it, it's, that's the beauty of it. Watching kids um, find themselves athletically and, you, you know, as you know, we have the opportunity uh, to speak with a lot of great coaches. Uh, we have, I think, both of us, a lot of respect for guys. You know, we, we watch, you know, what's going on at these high schools. And we see guys like the Steve Specks and the Tom Boldens. And we can go on and on and on and on about these coaches and the jobs they do. And, you know, one of the things I like is the fact that um, we have schools I try to go down to, like the, the Cincinnati Public Schools. The jobs the coaches are doing at at Withrow and Aiken and, and places like that, and people don't realize how hard those jobs are because it's not just about being a football coach. There's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes dealing with young people, uh, sometimes in in situations that we wouldn't want our own children in. And you see what these guys do, and you know uh, Chris Mobley at Hughes, who I've known, you know I've known Chris Mobley when he played at Jefferson High School up here in the Dayton area. And uh, our relationship goes back to when he was, you know, basically, I think a sophomore, junior in high school. And when he was a prospect and no one said that kid could play college football, no one was recruiting. And he went on and had a career at Indiana State University. And, you know, in those type of watching kids like that develop and then the men they become and then they get involved in the game in a coaching aspect and they do the same thing with the kids that they're coaching. Um, and, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to uh, Cincinnati Public Schools coaches. Uh, the last, you know, COVID kind of put a, a nix in it for 2020. But in 2019, they started doing a combine for college coaches and they would go down to Withrow and do it. And they would get a lot of D2, D3, NAI type schools come in. And they were able to bring that back this year. And it was bigger, better than ever. And they had a lot of great talent. And there's there's kids at those schools that can play at the college level. And we know that because we've watched the guys, you know, like Adolphus Washington, Tank Carradine over the years come out of those programs. And a lot of times they don't get the press. They don't get the rankings that, you know, other kids will get out of a, a St. X or an elder or a Molder, Molder or so forth. So that's the beauty of what we do. And um, what I've enjoyed, you know, being more of a recruiting guy um, since, you know, like I said, covering it since 2002, um, it's hard to believe that it's going to be 20 years of covering high school football uh, here in another season. So I'm hoping, you know, hopefully stay healthy and be able to do that. Well, uh, you're invested in this, Dave, as we all know, you've been a longtime friend and people know, and they can trust your reputation. So again, the website is footballinohio.com. Be sure to sign up and join the community today. Dave, always appreciate your time perspective. Thanks for time and uh, great to catch up with you. Same here, Mike. See you soon on the sideline somewhere. Well, anytime I have uh, some questions about high school football that go beyond the scores and the results and, uh, and a bigger picture perspective, I go to Dave Burke. And uh, Dave obviously has a, a wealth of insight each and every season, been doing this since 2002, as I mentioned, and uh, has a, a great pulse on not only the high school football scene, but also college recruiting and 
and uh, the moving parts that continue to be uh, for the sport that we all love. So again, thanks to Dave for all his time and Coach Mike Orlando at McNicholas for his time and perspective. That's all we have for you this week on the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Mike Dyer, and I will talk to you next week.